Welcome to Elevate, a podcast from JPA Health. At Elevate, JPA industry experts with over 50 years of experience in public affairs will share best practices and innovative ideas to influence the changing health landscape. Every episode, JPA will explore issues and trends impacting the intersection of policy, business, and society in health. We can't wait to share the tips and tricks that your organization can execute to manage the outside and inside game to elevate your interests. Hi, I'm Pat Brady, Senior Vice President at JPA Health. I'm joined by my colleagues, Ryan and Adjua from our public affairs team at JPA. Today, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about each one of us has developed four winners and losers from the pandemic, and we're going to discuss uh, who we think the winners and losers are um, over the last 12 months and who has established themselves in a good position or a poor position going forward in the health policy landscape. So let's kick it off. Uh, I will uh, direct the question to you, Adjua. First, who do you think the biggest winner in this debate is? Well, I, I know we've discussed this a lot in, in previous episodes, but certainly the biggest two winners, I would say, uh, from the pandemic. And this sounds awful to say that there's a winner in a pandemic, but for- Best best position, who's best positioned from a policy standpoint (laughs) coming out of the pandemic? Listen, just just entertain us for this episode, okay? Um, So biggest winners, pharma, obviously, uh, and it's increased um, positive reputation that has been discussed. Telehealth, obviously, um, and it's increased use uh, during the pandemic and now um, increased uh, argument for its advocates. And then I think lesser known advocates are, uh, sorry, lesser known winners would be the Affordable Care Act advocates that really have been able to point to the expansions from the Affordable Care Act that have allowed for um, better access, increased coverage, um, you know, a better system to even execute on, uh, you know, helping people during this pandemic. And um, my last winner, I would say, are providers. Uh, providers in the sense of really f- appreciating, a reappreciation for your doctor, for your nurse, um, who, you know, have been working uh, and toiling, trying to treat people and uh, has really renewed interest in, um, you know, supporting them in, in, any, in any kind of way. All right. It's interesting. Uh, we can come back. We'll get into detail. Let's, let's go to Ryan and see what some of your winners are and we'll see if there's where the overlap is and where the disagreement may be. Yeah. So my winners are uh, America, number one, and only from the the vaccine standpoint, right? Um, There's been a lot of stories out there about how some of our European partners um, did not negotiate very well um, before or in the lead up to securing enough vaccine supply for their populations. And as a result of their delay or their governmental inefficiencies, um, you know, America was able to secure 
many more doses for our population than others. So I thought that was a win. I did have an overlap with uh, Adwa in the sense that I think pharma is a clear winner, perhaps probably the biggest one. Um, my other one was the FDA. I think the FDA, um, by and large, has sort of reestablished itself as not the culprit when it comes to uh, roadblocks or fast action, you know, or bureaucratic errors and barriers. Um, and I think what they did is demonstrated an ability to move fast, communicate with the public, and, you know, approve these vaccines in a situation that, you know, obviously was a global pandemic. So I think um, they're a clear winner in all of this, but perhaps a less common one. And my last winner is uh, President Biden. I put an asterisk by this because I think his initial goal setting of vaccines and arms was a low bar that he knew he was going to clear and then he could extend the goal further. Fantastic, uh, but not surprising PR strategy, right? Um, but I think he's a clear winner in all of this and uh, probably will be regarded as such. Yeah, Ryan, just give him the win. The guy's working hard out here. He hasn't taken a day's rest since he started. <laughs> he may not yeah. be Charlie Sheen, but he's winning for sure. <laughs> well played. Well played. So uh, there's some overlap of, between the both of your lists and my winner. Certainly, I think pharma is my top winner. Uh, their ability uh, to turn around vaccines and even to look at other treatment options and um, throughout the pandemic and find things that would work and really in many ways turn a lot of their research over to finding things that would work in as fast as possible. It's just been phenomenal. And they do have a chance to reset their reputation as we've talked about in a previous podcast and hopefully they take it. So the FDA I had a, as my number two winner as well. You know, as I thought about it more and as you were talking, Ryan, I'm like, okay, they, they had a, a couple stumbles there early on, um, you know, with President Trump kind of bullying them into, hey, what about hydrochloroquine or whatever? I can't even remember what it, the exact name of it at this point. But, you know, they said, okay, let's, let's approve it under EUA. But they came back pretty quickly and looked at it and said, yeah, there's no efficacy to it. And so... Uh, we only hope it didn't do any harm, and I don't think it did, if, if I'm remembering correctly. So I think they largely acquitted themselves very well. Uh, telehealth, Adjua, I had them as an overlap with you. I think that industry has um, blossomed in the last year. I think they're, as we have talked about, I think in our first podcast, there's tremendous opportunity to make that a, a much more integrated and much more robust offering in the next couple of years if we can take it. I, I really struggled with my fourth one, uh, and I don't know that it, it's a winner today, but I think where we're going to see them, uh, because they're directly tied to one of my losers, but I, I think the home care industry. So uh, when I talk about losers, I'll say this, but I don't know that anybody's going to want to go to a nursing home. So a you know, pre little preview on my uh, losers there, but I think the home care industry is really well positioned and I think you're seeing uh, the Biden administration and some of its discussions around where it's going to spend money start to talk about how do we increase those home and community-based services. And so I think there's a huge opportunity for that, that industry because uh, people always have wanted to spend their time at home or in a home-like setting. And I think seeing the, 
the massive amounts and unfortunate amounts of uh, people who succumb to COVID living in skilled nursing facilities, it's, it's going to make it a lot harder to convince mom or dad or somebody in need to go to a, that type of uh, residential care setting in the future. So I think home care is going to be one of the long-term winners coming out of this. All right. Anybody want to take issue with anybody else's uh, winners in this? No, I've seen heads shaking around the, <laughs> around the screen here. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about losers then. Uh, Adjo, I picked on you first last time. Let me go to Ryan first. We'll get his thoughts on his losers. And then, unless you two rather, I uh, serve myself up first and talk about uh, my losers. But otherwise, let's go to Ryan. Yeah, my, uh, my first loser is the CDC. Um, you know, we briefly touched on it, but, um, you know, as a uh, cable news junkie and um, with a strong, you know, media background, I sort of look at this from a macro level and uh, the conflicting messages coming out of the CDC is truly distracting from their overall um, you know, message in their story and some of the important public health messages that they're trying to get out is getting distracted by them uh, constantly going back and forth from week to week uh, with new guidance. And I realize that some of that is going to be a result of the conditions that we're in with the pandemic, but uh, it's beginning to become a habit instead of an irregular occurrence. And I think that's bad for the CDC. So they're on my losers list at the top position. Next would be uh, rural communities and minority populations. I think politicians are seizing on these groups and the buzzwords associated with doing something positive and actionable for these groups. I think they've seized on that from a messaging standpoint, but I think that they're not going to actually execute on anything meaningful uh, coming up in Congress to specifically help these groups post-pandemic. Um, which leads me to my next loser, which is Congress itself. Uh, I think in the waning uh, hours of the Trump administration, uh, Congress by and large, and I will put this, the onus on both parties, uh, drug their feet, right? And waited for the new administration to come in, failed to pass uh, appropriate legislation to provide relief to the American public. And uh, I think it just sort of proves why Congress remains in single digits in terms of approval ratings. And lastly, one of my losers is also one of my winners, which is President Biden. Um, I think ultimately in the future, his presidency won't necessarily be uh, regarded as the mover and shaker for guiding us through the pandemic. I think he will, his administration will very much be seen as a steward of what was already in place. And I think that's sort of evidenced in some of the political conversations happening with people who stay over from one administration to the, to the other uh, in some of these agencies, sort of acknowledging that there is continuity in government and in the bureaucracies that have been handling the pandemic. And while politicians are important, um, they are not always the executors of our strategies and our plans to respond to these things and actually um, help the American public where they are. And you, that's evidence, I think, in the vaccines as well. So that's my list. Right. Interesting. Both a winner and loser in President Biden. 
Now, Agile, how would I go next? And then you can have the last, some of the last word on this. And so, sure. uh, okay, so I already previewed, I think uh, the, the biggest loser in all of this was the nursing homes. Uh, I just think, and there's a, a lot of reasons why. Um, and if you probably ask the industry, they'll probably say it's in large part driven by years of lower than necessary reimbursements from uh, the government to care for patients has prevented them from investing in the things that were necessary to help mitigate the pandemic's effects on their patient population. It may or may not be true. Uh, I'm certain somebody at some point will do a deep dive into the uh, you know, death per capita of nursing home residents and for-profit versus non-profit facilities. And it will look really bad for the industry if the for-profit industry comes out significantly worse because um, then people will simply point to the fact that uh, a different motive there may have had different outcomes and influences. Uh, second loser is the CDC. Uh, you know, at once we regarded the CDC, everybody regarded the CDC as the world's best agency uh, on these types of topics. There's stumble at the beginning uh, and getting tests out and getting the materials for testing approved, um, developed and shared so that the industry could take over what caused significant delays. And it wasn't really until industry stepped up, the IVD industry stepped up in a major way that testing got back on track. So I, I do think the CDC has had some of the tarnish taken off its, its uh, reputation there. So the, the next two get tough for me. So. Uh, I think single payer, uh, advocates for single payer healthcare systems have uh, lost something in, in this battle. And I think it's in part because, yes, people, maybe people without insurance at the beginning were getting hit with big bills. But to my knowledge is that it really hasn't happened. The government's stepped in and paid for these, uh, for, paid for a lot of the care for people who weren't insured. People aren't getting saddled with huge bills because of COVID. Now, doesn't mean no, they're, they're not getting it um, for other conditions that maybe sent them to the hospital in this time. But I don't know that having a lack of insurance or not being fully insured uh, with a good health, a good solid plan has actually hurt people that badly in this. And I think increasingly we're seeing with Europe and their approach to um, how they approach the drug negotiations for vaccines and trying to get significantly lower costs per shot as opposed to getting the vaccine first and uh, quickly ended up, let's put them well behind the United States in their vaccine rate. So I think the single payer may, advocates may have some uh, work to do. And then I, I put President Trump as a loser in all this and I recognize your point, Ryan, that a lot of what, you know, the, you know, the, a lot of the things he did in terms of vaccine development, vaccine rollout, that, that's great. I just can't get past his, the bully pulpit downplaying the, um, the impact of the coronavirus early on, the failure to promote mask wearing. I mean, that probably cost us countless lives, 100,000, maybe more lives. And, and that's just, that's wrong. And it's not clear. 
And I think if he probably looked back on it and his political advisors looked back on it and his messaging had been different throughout, there's a real chance he could have won re-election, right? If he had been, if we think about this throughout, if he had been a strong advocate for social distancing and for mask wearing and maybe keeping the economy closed last year as we got closer to Labor uh, Memorial Day for an extra two weeks, things might have been radically different. We don't know. We're not sure. But I think the perception of a lot of people who switched the ticket or sw switched their vote from four years earlier was that he hadn't handled that well. And so I think for that reason, just for his use of the bully pulpit throughout, or his lack of use of the bully pulpit, he deserves to be branded a loser on this. And I recognize that, you know, the five people who listen to this podcast, um, who may be my friends and are all Trump supporters, will, will, will call me and complain. But uh, I'm just trying to be objective here. Well, all right, Adjua, you're up. Yeah, well, I appreciate the objectiveness because I'll be honest, I was a bit cringing when Ryan said Biden could be a loser here because I was thinking exactly of Trump. And I'm, I recall the, the debate um, around the idea of a transactional versus a transformative president when uh, people were debating President Obama's comment about that in regards to President Clinton and that um, there's sometimes there's a lot of value in being a transactional president. A president that comes in and resets order and um, is able to actually get his agencies to run more smoothly and things of that nature, which certainly um, I think President Biden did. And so that makes, in my mind, President Trump a loser in the sense of just a juxtaposition of uh, the difference, the stark difference that when, when Biden came in, the ability to, um, to get the vaccines out and deployed in an efficient manner and to somewhat exceed expectations and move up deadlines. We, we're in the business of communication and PR and uh, that perception means a lot. Um, so for Trump, I think this makes it very difficult if he in fact is, has designs to run in 2024 that even though Americans have uh, historically a short attention span and sometimes short memory, uh, I still do believe that the, these early days of seeing a hardworking president um, work with industry, uh, work with all the relevant players to, um, to, to try to kill this pandemic is going to make it very hard for Trump in 2024 to say, you know, let's shake it up again. Let's bring back my, you know, mover shaker presidency, if you want to call it that, um, versus a, a stable uh, President Biden. So going into my other losers, which unfortunately you guys kind of stole some of them. I, it's okay. <laughs> uh, but I agree that, you know, um, single payer advocates, and it's interesting because obviously um, many of them would argue otherwise but I just think it's, it's going to be very difficult. We just talked about the instability of government through CDC and other agencies when um, you have certain people in charge, potentially. 
And, and, and so that means then that it's very tough, I think, for Americans to say, yeah, let's, let's have government run this whole shebang, uh, you know, run, run this thing, um, and, and ignore the fact that you know, the industry, the private industry, really stepped up significantly um, during this pandemic. I think it's just super hard to imagine um, a single payer system even though, and, and I don't think, I think that the examples that single payer advocates will point to for the pandemic in the form of a Taiwan or some, of, uh, some governments that are, are very different in style to our own um, aren't good examples to point to, right? Where you have countries that were able to sort of put their put the hammer down and say, nope, and lockdown and this and this. You see just in America how difficult that is, even on the state level, you know, where they're supposed to have that ability to make those decisions. So uh, I, certainly single payer advocates, I think, are a loser from this pandemic. Um, another interesting loser which is unfortunate in my mind, are the payers in the sense that at the very beginning of the pandemic, I recall um, uh, a, a meeting with former Secretary Azar with all the payers essentially um, committing to that they would cover um, access to testing. Uh, and there were a lot of conversations about covering access to treatment um, but they've largely been, um, they have not played a large public role in the vaccine deployment um, at all. And even though they've, they've had a part to play and have had several initiatives and have made several decisions, important decisions that have allowed for access to all the relevant um, care delivery needs for patients during this pandemic, uh, there just hasn't been as much coverage about it. They are certainly not getting uh, brand loyalty out of, out of any of this. And so I think that makes them, unfortunately, a loser in this pandemic situation. Um, and, you know, we see that they're trying to roll out some new initiatives, uh, working with states on, uh, you know, the vaccine deployment, uh, in including making sure that the vaccine deployment is equitable um, and using their data, which is something that they always, you know, that's, that's an advantage point for them to help states with their strategy. Uh, but let's, I, I fear that that won't get as much attention as it deserves. So that makes them a loser. Um, I also agree as far as losers go with the uh, nursing homes and they need a severe rehabilitation of their reputation moving forward. Um, and then lastly, what doesn't get discussed as much is employer-based insurance plans specifically because through the job loss um, during the pandemic, the participation of employer-based insurance plans dropped precipitously and unfortunately has now uh, drawn some arguments from some you know, opposition and critics as evidence about why we need to revisit employer-based insurance coverage. So that, you know, just sort of is another 
argument for um, that industry to fight against. And so uh, I, would, I would put them as a loser as well during the pandemic. So both the payers and the single payer advocates are, are, are losers. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're not going to see. So it, what's the middle way between those two? <laughs> well, I personally think that, um, you know, the payers have um, a lot more opportunity. So there are some losers here that we're talking about that can turn from zeros to heroes here with a quickness if they do the right things and elevate their issues. Um, so I hope that's what we talk about next. It is that fact, is that, okay, of these losers, who, have, who has a chance to do a better job of elevating their message to cut through the muck, to say, hey, no, we're really doing good work here. Actually, we're really important here. Actually, you know, we, we did a lot during this pandemic to play our part. Uh, so I, I personally think that the payers have a lot to talk about. Um, the program that they're rolling out right now is called Vaccine Community Connectors. This is what they do best, is to fill in the That's loopholes. That's not what they do best. What they do best is deny claims. Let's be honest. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, Atua. Let's know what they do best is deny claims. Ask any physician, ask any patient advocate. <laughs> well, well, except for the patient advocates that are trying to work with them to reach, uh, to do a better job with uh, giving their patients um, better del delivery options. I'm, I'm like really. Well, I think in the, in the in interest of time here, uh, <laughs> we can, what we can say is that uh, we can put it up to our listeners to say, okay, contact us if you want us to go in depth on a winner or loser, how do they rehabilitate their image. Uh, that could be the content of a future podcast. All you have to do is reach out to us, reach out to us at JPA Health, and we'll gladly have that conversation. Maybe we could invite a guest in if somebody has a, a strong opinion, make it a, a whole new uh, type of conversation in the future. Yes, we're, we're making this up as we go, and we're figuring this out as we go along. You <laughs> can do anything. There's no rules here. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, well, I, I think we, you know, yeah. Let's let's make them beg for it a little bit, right? Uh, submit <laughs> if you if you have an interest in it. Well, what are our big ideas? What are JP's big ideas for these losers? Um, how can I become a hero? Yeah, certainly. Um, give us that feedback in our survey, our community forum, and. We'll love to delve into these ideas further. Until then, uh, join us next time for our next episode on Elevate. And thank you for listening. <laughs>